according to Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10 is where we will reside today. Thank you, Lady White. Thank you, Brother Crawford. Luke 19. We are walking through this book, exegetical walk through the book of Luke, because we are an expository teaching and preaching church. And we believe in preaching through the entire book of the Bible books and chapters at a time. Family, comma by comma and line by line is our manner of study and preaching at this church. And so welcome today to study with us this great chapter. If you don't have a copy of the scriptures, it is on the screen for you today. Luke 19. Then Jesus, he entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of a short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. And so he made haste and he came down and 
received Jesus joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He's going to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I'll restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Look to your neighbor next to you, that good looking neighbor. Find him. Find him and tell him, neighbor. Oh, good looking one. <laughs> My pastor wants to talk to you about a savior for everybody. Amen. You may be seated. A savior for everybody. Not somebody, everybody. No, beginnings, how many of you know that there are some people that everybody rejects? How many of you know that there are some personalities that nobody likes? Am I right, Big John? How many of you have known of someone that everybody loves to hate? Well, the sad fact is, we have some people like that that walk among us every day. They live in our neighborhoods. They play on our favorite teams. They're characters in our favorite movies or Netflix series. And some of them are even our family members. But I stopped by to tell you today, Though they may be despised by all of humanity, there is somebody who loves them. Yeah, there is somebody who cares for them. There is someone that will never reject them or disrespect them. And his name is Jesus. From death row to skid row, Jesus is our love. For all of humanity. From the drug house. To the white house. He has unconditional love. For those who've been rejected. By society. You might not care. But God cares. And that's what this story is about today. It's about a savior. Who loves destiny. A notorious sinner. It's about a savior who's come down from heaven to redeem somebody that society can't stand. And I want to look at three things in this verse today. I want to look at Zacchaeus in his problem. I want to look at Zacchaeus in in his position. And then I'll land the plane looking at Zacchaeus. And his promise. Can I unpack it today? 
Let's look at it again. Zacchaeus in his problem. The text says, then Jesus, he entered and passed through Jericho. You should underline that word, Jericho. Now, behold, in that place, Jericho, there was a man who was named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not, Sister Green, because of the crowd, daughter, because he was so short. Sawed off, they say in the hood. Okay. Let me unpack it. When you come to this first verse or these three verses, we notice, first of all, that Zacchaeus is a man who has a serious problem. He's a man who lives in an environment that is unconducive to healthy living. What do you mean? He's from Jericho. Jericho is a place of great crime. Jericho, a place of enormous poverty. Jericho, a place filled with religious pride. You all remember the story of the Good Samaritan who was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was in that place that was called the Jericho Pass and he got jacked on the road in Jericho. I'm trying to use language I know y'all understand. And in his robbery, a priest came by. Wouldn't even help the brother. Shame on that Baptist preacher. The Levite came by. Looked on him, but kept it moving. Shame on that deacon. And then a Samaritan came by. Somebody who, the man who got robbed, didn't even like. But it was the Samaritan that picked him up. Got him a room in the Motel 6. Nursed him back to hell. Are you with me here? Jesus said, that's what being a good neighbor looks like. Well, why did I say that? Well, Jericho was the place of that crime. And that was the place that Zacchaeus was from. Can I say some more? Jericho had a great division. The Jews didn't like the Gentiles, and the Gentiles didn't like the Jews. Jericho was a bad city with a bad reputation. And this is where Zacchaeus is from. So when you arrive at our text today, you see a man who's in a position to live in a place that's unconducive to healthy living. Secondly, he's a man who has a name that he can't live up to. His name, Brother Jordan, means righteous one. Y'all catch it here? Mom and daddy, when they had him, named the boy righteous one. But he's been given a name, Brother Johnny, and placed in an environment where unrighteousness thrives. Ain't no way the righteous one can be righteous in an unrighteous place like Jericho. He's been given a name, but no place for the name to formulate, to develop, to enhance his way of living. I just might preach today. Y'all going to help me? He's called righteous one, Nichols, uh, at birth, but he is not.
not living up to his birthright. That's right. Why? Because according to the text, he's been placed in the position of hustling. Thirdly, we see he's got a title in the neighborhood. Y'all in here? They call him the chief tax collector. Lady McBee, he, he's not an upcoming tax collector. He's not a tax collector with a little ghetto fame. He's called the chief. Y'all in here? The big dog. The boss man. The gaudy of tax collecting. Y'all in here? This means he's over all the other tax collectors. Zacchaeus is a man according to Jericho standards. Jericho was a place of hustling, right? And so Zacchaeus has made his name in Jericho. And this made him notorious. This made him second to none, Billings, I said, in the tax collecting game. This made him a tax collector among the tax collectors. Yeah, he's the Don. And I know somebody who's not a church goer or a first-time Bible reader said, Pastor, what's a tax collector? I'm glad you asked. A tax collector was a Jewish man who worked for the Roman government to oppress Jewish people. And tax collectors collected taxes for Rome as an occupation. But they were allowed by Rome to take more than Rome was asking for. Are you with me here? They became like a piranha on their own people. And so they were hated by the Jewish community, but loved by Rome. And their hustle was legal and it was legit. Are y'all in here? In other words, tax collectors helped to develop a corrupt system and everybody impacted and or affected by taxation understood how crooked the system was. Good God Almighty. I'm not talking about the IRS. Get <laughs> that tape rolling, daughter. Amen. They were what I call the crooked middlemen between the government and the people. And so they took all they wanted, and guess what, beloved? Nobody could stop them. And this is why Zacchaeus had a problem. Everybody, somebody say everybody, hated Zacchaeus. Can I say some more for the record? In Zacchaeus' defense, Brother Fred, this is a lonely position. It's lonely at the top in the underworld. Can I say some more? Who can you trust when you've done everybody wrong? What do you do when you have it all but nobody to share it with? What do you do when you have it all but nobody to trust it with? Brother Andre, what do you do when you have it all but it don't bring you joy, peace, happiness, or even understanding? Zacchaeus was living in Jericho. And you got to do what the Jerichonians do when you're in Jericho. I think I got one or two amens out there. Well, somebody here this morning, they might be on your road, so don't look around. Just look up here. Somebody here is just like Zacchaeus. 
Somebody here today is in a position like he is. Somebody here this morning is sick and tired of being sick and tired. Somebody here today, Mother Ross, is in a position they can't stand no more. But they just can't do nothing about it. If I'm talking to that person this morning online or on land, what you need, beloved, is a savior. You need somebody to come rescue you. Am I right, Sister Wilson? From this position of spiritual poverty. We've looked at Zacchaeus in his problem. Let's look now at Zacchaeus in his position. Y'all in here? Verse 4, please. So he ran and he climbed up, Reverend White, into a sycamore tree to see Jesus. Why? Jesus is passing through. Verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste. And come down for today. I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received Jesus joyfully. That's loaded. But when they saw it, they all complained. Saying, look at Jesus. Going to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. Can I work right here for you, beloved? When you come to this portion of the text, we get to see Zacchaeus in an interesting position. Oh, Reverend Buckle, his problems are real. His predicament is real. His perplexing people problems are profound, but his position is hopeful. See, Zacchaeus may look like somebody who's got to stay in this life of misery But that's not how the story ends. See, the Bible says that when he got the word that Jesus was passing through Jericho, he wanted to see him. (laughs) Y'all with me here? This ain't a normal sinner. He want to see God. Come on, lean in and talk to me today. He wanted to see the one who could give sight to the blind. He wanted to see the one who had power over demons. He wanted to see the one who could cure diseases. Zacchaeus wanted to see what everybody else wanted to see. But he's in a position that wouldn't allow him the privilege to look on God. Can I say some more? He's in a position, uh, Sister Michelle, that kept him. From getting a look at God. He's in a position that kept him from laying eyes, Sister Zuniga, on the Messiah. According to the text, his position was first influenced by his stature. What do you mean? The brother had money. He had ghetto fame and power. He had privilege. But his stature made him come up short as a man. I just dropped something right there. You might want to pick that up for me. Personal, Pastor. 
He had most things that most people wanted. Yes. But guess what? He couldn't change his stature. Oh, right. I, I said this, Sister Wilson, in my study. There's some things that your money can't buy. Oh, There's some things that your power can't change. There's some things that your privilege can't fix. There's some things that your proclivities can't change. Zacchaeus' stature was given to him at birth. And his stature is what prevented him from having access to God. And that's just like humanity today. All of our human statures has made us come up short when it's time to see God. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short to the glory of God. Ain't that the book? Somebody holler, that's the book. When I see this text, all of us have been like Zacchaeus. We've been born with a handicap. And that handicap is sin. And sin uh, is, is, is properly defined as that which keeps you from being righteous before God. Harmateo is our condition. It makes you miss the mark. So you may look at other people in society and say they're short. You just as short. Our sinful nature, you've been born with. You got the Zacchaeus condition. And because of sin, you too have come up short. Well, I can see the eyes. I see the mask, but I see the eyes like, uh-huh. Tell me some more, okay? Second thing I learned in this passage about Zacchaeus in this position, his position made him act out of character. Okay, I got proof, daughter Charlene. Number one, he's a short man, right? But he's a rich man. And the text says, when he heard it was Jesus, the brother ran. Let me stop right there. Rich Jewish men don't run. Brother Donnie, when you got that money, that kind of money, somebody do your running for you. He's acting out of character. Y'all still ain't convinced? Okay, okay. Uh, not only do rich Jewish men don't run, yes, they don't climb trees. Can I say some more? Zacchaeus is so far out of character and his culture. Not only does he run, but he has to pull up his Jewish robe like pastor is running and climb up in a tree. To see what he's desiring to see. When you got that kind of money, you don't climb trees. Somebody, <laughs> I think I got a class now. Not only do I see this, but I notice the fact that Jesus is coming makes him almost act childlike. Just the idea that God is coming his way. He turns to the heart of a child. Oh, I just tried. That he might connect with God. Can I say some more? Third thing that arrests me in this text is that he climbed up 
into the sycamore tree. Now, why does Luke describe the type of tree? He wants you to know the type of position. The sycamore tree was a rare tree in the Middle East. It was not like other trees. It had a large trunk, kind of like mine. And the branches were real low in the tree. It was low because it was a tree designed for anybody who was vertically challenged to be able to climb. Y'all catch? The sycamore tree in the text, and I got this one real late, Reverend White. I think you'll appreciate it. But it was designed to be right where it was, right at the time when Jesus was passing by. Why? Why? It was placed there by God. Why? Because God knew Zacharias needed to pick me up. That's the key is right. He needed a little help trying to see God. Y'all too cool for me. That tree was right there, y'all. I'm convinced. On that day, so Zacchaeus could climb it. Why? That tree was going to help him get a look at the one he had heard about. That tree was going to help him see what he never saw before. Oh, God, let me preach it all. That tree was right there on that road. So he would have no excuses. About how God looked on that day. God put the tree white where Zacchaeus could find it. He put the tree, here it is, y'all, in the middle of his position. <laughs> so Zacchaeus could see God passing by. Here I go. And every now and then in this life, God places a tree in your position on your journey. So you can climb it and get a good look at who Jesus is. I said every now and then, Deacon Terry, God chooses to reveal himself to us in our vicarious positions in life. Why? Because he's good like that. See, God is a God who chooses to reveal himself to everybody. And he removes everybody's excuses. Nobody on Judgment Day, Steve, will have the opportunity to say, I didn't have a tree to see him. God know you that came up short, so he's going to give you a tree to climb in that'll give you a good look. I believe I'm in here today. Third of all in the text, I noticed this, that, that his position... Now in that tree is a position of privilege. Remember the text says he couldn't see him at first because of the crowd. But now he's got no excuses. Brother got the best seat in the house. His privilege has changed. Watch this. And it's true. It's true. He still got great problems. He's still hated by everybody. It's true he's been a bad boy. It's true. That society 
has no place for Zacchaeus. He was the bad boy. Well, watch this, uh, Bro Cooley. He was a bad boy who was on the heart of God. And on this particular day, come on, help me, daughter, Charlotte. On this particular day, God was going to make himself known to the righteous one. That's his name, Zacchaeus. The Bible says, Sister Crawford, as Jesus was passing by, he looked up. Isn't that beautiful? He looked up, daughter, and he saw the one who was rejected by man, but loved by God. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, never had he met him before, right? But he knew Zacchaeus, come now. Because today, I got to stay at your house. I almost tore my study up right there. Did you hear the prophetic, priceless, powerful, poignant, pleasant pronouncement of peace in that passage? Jesus says to Zacchaeus Nichols, little one, come down. Righteous one, who's up in the tree with your problems, come down. What an invitation. Can I say it again? Come down. Zacchaeus, from your insecurities. Come down from your isolation. Come down from your embarrassment. Come down from the public pressures of your sins. Come down from where you climbed up. Because today, I got to come to your house. I love it right here, this passage, Brother Andre. I love it because... Because uh, it has our name on it. See, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, Jesus is saying to you today, come down. Because today, I need to stay at your house. See, this passage has your name on it. If you're ready to come down from the sins of this world and let Jesus stay in your house. This passage has your name on it. If you really want a new beginning. And last of all, I see in this passage that Zacchaeus, when he hears the call, he jumps out the tree. Bible says he came down with haste. Now remember, the tree ain't that tall. Came down with haste. He had to be moving pretty fast for a short fella. Bible says he made haste and hurried up and came down. Why? To be where Jesus was. Can I tell you, when he called you, you ain't got all day. He didn't tell Jesus, hold up, Jesus, let me just. When he got the invitation, Steve, he did it right then. And I stopped by to tell somebody today, when the Lord stops by and sees you and your problems, and he calls you to come from among them, you ought to make haste too. You'll give up like Zacchaeus. When you hear that voice, those problems, you'll give over those worries. And in haste, you'll come to be in the presence with the Lord. I need to tell somebody here today, Drea, daughter. Just like Zacchaeus, when you do that, when you decide to make Jesus your Lord and invite him to your house, there's going to be some haters. 
Don't make it up. It's in the text. The Bible said that they said. Wait a minute. This is personal. This is between me and Jesus. What y'all got to do with it? They started talking, Sister Green. And this is what I learned from that pastor's daughter. There's going to be haters. That's going to get angry when they see what the Lord wants to do with you. He ain't trying to go to everybody's house in the crowd. This is between him and Zacchaeus. There's going to be somebody, Ambria, that has something to say. Watch this. When God promotes you instead of punishes you. He was a tax collector. Jesus could have gave punishment. But instead of punishing him, he promoted him. And somebody got angry. Told you Jericho was a trip. Something else I like about this text song and this invitation, it made me think of this. I'm so glad that Jesus was willing to go to the house of a sinner. The crowd had it right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, he's going to a sinner's house. Yeah, you're right. You know why? Jesus makes house calls. Hello. I'm so glad he goes to the hustler's house. And somebody ought to be there saying amen out there. I'm so glad. He wasn't ashamed to be with sinners. Y'all in here? I'm so glad Zacchaeus didn't have to get cleaned up first. He didn't have to get dressed first. He didn't have to stop selling taxes first. He didn't have to stop the hustle. He didn't have to get out the game right away. He just had to get Jesus to open the door. Can I park the car and get off my text for a minute? Listen, let me help you with your evangelism and your self-righteousness. Quit telling people they need to stop doing stuff first. If they can stop, they will stop. Just let them hear Jesus. And the rest of that stuff will take care of itself. I wish I had a church, KD. I wish I had a church that wouldn't stop them at the door because they ain't got on the right dress. I wish I had a church that wouldn't stop them because the alcohol is still growing. I wish I had a church that wouldn't move when they sat next to you because the weed is fumigating your road. Let them come in here all jacked up. You just give them Jesus. And the rest of that stuff will take care of itself. I wish I had 10 of you in here and say, yep, I know that's right. The kids didn't have to stop nothing but stop and come down. And invite Jesus into the house. Can I help you Bible teachers? Quit picking them passages that point out the sins you don't do no more. To try to justify your righteousness and holiness with God. Because you ain't all that. The truth is you still got some sin running in your blood. We just don't see what you do. There's a whole lot of sins that you still guilty of. You still struggle with. Come on, say amen. I said, come on, say amen. If I'm telling the truth, wave your hand at me. 
So when you begin to share the gospel, right, don't just don't pick out the sins that you say God don't like. Put yours in there too. I didn't mean to go there. I don't know how that happened. Oh, I know what I was saying. He still made house calls. This ain't in my text, but I feel some kind of way. Can I say it? I know Zacchaeus had a bar at the house. He was a chief tax collector. Show he had a little something-something in the city in the cabinet. Back then in Jericho, if it was Jericho, he probably had a marijuana car. It was Jericho. The place of sin. Guess what? He didn't try to run home and clean up the bar first. <laughs> y'all got me out here now. Jesus can handle your alcohol. Jesus can handle your marijuana love. Jesus can handle all your little proclivities. Just let him in the house. Because if you let him in the house, everything about to change. I wish I had a little help in here. <laughs> Let me get out of this text. Y'all make me work. Oh, God is just good like that. He loves the kids that much. He want to come to his house. We've looked as the kids in his problem. We've looked, Sister Anderson, as the kids' daughter in his position. But let's look now as the kids. And his promise. The text says in verse 8 that Jesus did go to the house with Zacchaeus. And then, <laughs> I like that word. Zacchaeus, he's at the house now. He stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I'm restoring them, Reverend McBee, fourfold. And Jesus said, ooh, today, boy, salvation has come to this house. That's like Jesus said, boy, you are saved. <laughs> Why? Because he is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Can I unpack this and get out of your way for the day? Thank you for your patience. Beloved, when you come to this last portion of the story, you and I get to see a man with problems and a man with a bad position standing restored back together with God and with an opportunity for him to speak face to face. Zacchaeus, Sister Wilson, is standing in the presence of his maker, the Logos of God, right? And in the presence of Jesus, he's been restored and he has been uh, visited and he's been reconciled back to God. So here he stands in the place he never imagined himself standing in. 
And there are several things that happened in this last portion of the scripture that arrests me. I want to share these, these with you, Sister Billings. Number one, it's true, daughter, that when you stand in the presence of God, you too can't help to proclaim stuff you never thought you'd say. Okay. It's going to come out. You wait till you get in the presence of Jesus. You're going to confess some stuff too. I said it. You're going to cough it up. Can I say some more? Secondly, because he's in the presence of God, it's true that when you stand in his presence, you're going to want to confess your sins and be a better person than you were the day before. <laughs> oh, y'all, come on. It's true that when you stand in the presence of God, you're going to be willing to do new ministry. You never thought you'd do. The kids were never thinking about the poor. First thing he does when he gets in the presence of Jesus is, I want to start a new ministry. Number four, child ministry. It's true that when you stand in the presence of God, your money no longer matters. Your positions don't matter. Your problems go away. Your insecurities are all gone. Your desires change. And your perspective for how you have to live life becomes brand new. Lady White, daughter, I learned in this passage that, that this happens because the key is the kid's life is because he's standing in the presence of God. Yeah, yeah. And as a result of that, he's got a new posture and a new presence about himself. Before he was in the presence of God, he was taking, abusing, mistreating, causing despair everywhere he went. Remember his his name in the hood, the chief tax collector. However, after, yes, Jesus has come to his house. A change has come over him. Zacchaeus said, today, Lord, today, I can see him now tapping on that wine glass. Jesus, I got an announcement. <laughs> y'all act like y'all ain't never been in Zacchaeus' house. Jesus, I got an announcement. Yeah. I'm going to make you a promise I ain't never made before. Uh-huh. I don't know, maybe the wine had him feeling good. I don't know. But look at the text. The text says, Lord, uh-huh. I give half of my goods to the poor. He loaded up. I've given half of it. No, I, I, I laugh. I say, Notice he didn't say all of it. <laughs> Brother, need a little change. Just... Y'all too serious. You supposed to laugh right in there. He said, I'm giving half of it, Lord. Well, I said, that's more than some. You He says, and watch who I'm giving it to. I'm giving it to the poor. That's a ministry mindset. I'm giving it to those who don't have what I have. I'm given to the less fortunate. Second of all, he says, and if I, I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I'm going to restore fourfold. Uh, Lady Michelle, this is what he said. Savior, master, 
Since everything I have is yours, and everything I hustle for means nothing to me now, I'm going to give up half my goods. And if I've done wrong by anybody in my tax collecting career, I'm going to give them a refund. It took me all week to get that. I'm going to give them a refund as their tax collector. And I'm going to give them four times the amount I cheated them out of. See holler, see holler, come on, refund, come on. Zacchaeus has had an encounter with God. And because of his encounter, watch this, he wants to fix everything. He's done wrong. Now that is true repentance. That's true remorse. That's the true picture of reconciliation to a holy God. Notice the Lord didn't have to tell him to go back and fix and heal everybody you hurt. Zacchaeus wants to do it because he's been in the presence of God. See, the Lord don't have to tell him, Reverend Tom, he needs to fix what he broke. Zacchaeus automatically has a heart and a mind that's been changed, and so he automatically is drawn to reconciliation in every area of his life. Can I tell you something? This will happen to you too. If you've ever been in the presence of the Lord. I ain't talking about church and religion. I'm talking about a real encounter with God. You'll want to reconcile those broken relationships. You'll want to fix it. Whether the person you broke it with want to fix it or not. God won't have to tell you you need to do this. You will know it because you've been in the presence of one who's been reconciled to you. Y'all too cool for me? Can I, can I tell you something, Brother Cliff? The Lord won't tell you you got to go fix it. And he ain't going to beg you to go fix it. When you got his spirit, fixing it is what you do. And you don't need a counselor to help you to get your words right. You don't need a class on fixing it. Secondly, I see in the last portion of this text that when the Lord sees and hears Zacchaeus promise to fix what he broke, the Lord proclaims a promise in his house. Y'all see it? Zacchaeus made a promise and then Jesus circled back. I got one too. Ding, ding, ding. Come on, help me, Jesse. Come on, help me. Jesus says after Zacchaeus' promise, Ooh, today salvation has come to this house well what does that word mean well it means deliverance it means hope <laughs> joy relationship and freedom is all wrapped up in the Greek definition of that word salvation all of that has come to this house again I promise you that. Here's what I learned in this passage. That when the Lord brings you into an intimate relationship with him and he dwells with you, there's going to be evidence of your behavior Amen. that you've been born again. Amen. You know a Christian when you meet him. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but God honors 
Zacchaeus' promise and circles back again with his promise. And the evidence is your house is evidence that you've been saved. Your home is evidence that God is with you. I just said something right there. Jesus proclaimed that Zacchaeus has been saved. I like this in three areas, Billings. Saved from himself, saved from his sins, and saved from his stuff. Can I say that again, Reverend? Saved from his sins, saved from his self, and saved from his stuff. I know somebody said, repeat that. He said, I'm going to give half my stuff to the poor. God is taking it away so he can save him from his stuff. <laughs> and if I cheated anybody and done them wrong, right? He's saving him from himself. And then Jesus said, salvation's coming to your house today. He's saving him from his sins. Have you been saved from your stuff? Have you been saved from yourself? Have you been saved from your sins? I've got to leave you now. But I want to close with the words of Christ. Jesus makes his promise and then he says why he made the promise. Because he said he is also. He changes Zacchaeus' title in this verse. A son of Abraham. And the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm sorry, Sister Wilson always tells me I'm giving you too much. I'm sorry, I can't help it. But I'll land the plane. Jesus, after making this declaration and promise and affirmation about Zacchaeus and his new salvation, Jesus identifies something that really arrested me. Number one, he lets me know Zacchaeus is going to be all right. He don't save him from Jericho. He saves him in Jericho. And he don't call him to leave it. Isn't that something? God has come to see about him. Right in Jericho. God's come to save him. Right in Jericho. Came to rescue him. Came to deliver him. Because God has a plan for him right in Jericho. A lot of times we think people got to get out of the hood in order to live for God. No, God needs you to live for him right there. I wrote myself a note. I'm so glad he loves the bad boys. And the bad girls. Come on, say amen, Miha. What a powerful story about the love of God yes. and the power of his humility. Yes. I was closing my, my sermon, Reverend Tom, I leaned back in the study, and I found a story by one of my mentors in books, the great D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was preaching on the bad boys of the Bible. And he was closing his sermon talking about the power of the salvation of God. And he used the analogy of the thief on the cross. He said, Wilson, this thief was so bad, he couldn't work for his religion, for his salvation, because he had nails in his, both his hands, so there was nothing he could do with his hands. He had nails in his feet, 
So there was no place he could go in order to be saved. He said he had a thorn, crown of thorns on his head, so there was nothing he could do to think about getting his salvation. All he could do was receive what God was offering him. And I'm so glad right there. Because the kids had the money, but money can't pay for your salvation. The kids had the position in the community, but power can't get you in the glory. What Jesus needed was a savior who could pay it off. Well, I got to leave you now. But I'm glad, Brother Johnny, that God has a plan for the bad boys of society. Because that's how I got in. Doing time for a drive-by shooting. Stopped by the jailhouse. I couldn't work for my salvation because I was in handcuffs. Couldn't run the ministry in the streets, Sister McBee, because I was behind the wall. But Jesus, he paid it all. Somebody told me the story. Can I close with the story? They said, Wilson, one Friday on a hill called Calvary, they stretched him wide and dropped him low. He took nails in his hand because those nails was for you. He took a spear in his side because that spear was for you. He took nails in his feet because those nails were for you. And he died in your place because it was your sins that needs to be paid for. And when he died, he took away the transgressions against the father. Not only did he die, they put him in the borrow tomb. Because it should have been your grave. And in that tomb, he took the steam out of death. He took victory over the grave. So that you could go in the grave and come out on the other side. Born again. And early, I said early, Sunday morning, with all power of heaven and earth in his hand, he got up. Then they get up. And he got up. A savior for everybody. Has he been a savior for you? Did he stop by your tree? Did he stop by your life and give you a chance to have everlasting life? And all God's people said, let's give God some praise. Let the church say amen. amen.